Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. I am here at the Living the Dream studios in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. And today we have a very, very special guest. Um, first and foremost, he's my family, he's my cousin. Um, I know him as Demario. Before Some of y'all... we get started, <laughs> go for it. Before we get started, if y'all hear me call him Cuddy too much, that's because this is my actual cousin, and Absolutely. I've been calling him that all our life. One hundred percent. If I don't call him what you used to hearing him, Bible, go ahead, cut. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, for those of you who don't know who that voice is, this is Simba, man, signed to Atlantic Records. You might have heard his freestyle with the L.A. Leakers recently. They calling it the freestyle of the year. He's got the LeBron James. Hey, some stand. of them call it He's... the greatest freestyle ever. Ooh. That's what I've been seeing. Someone saying that. Okay, so we might you you might have a goat. We might have a goat on the podcast, then, ladies and gentlemen. We just um, might. We just I, might. Absolutely. He's also releasing an album this Friday called "Don't Run from Rap," so it'll be out December fourth. Be on the lookout for that. Simba, man, thanks for joining me here on the podcast, Cuddy. Come on, I had to pull up, man. You know I'm a fan of the show. Uh, but, you know, before you was even recording the show, just, you know, we used to talk and you tell me, I cut it. I'm thinking about starting this podcast, man. I'm That's passionate it. about it. And just to see where you took it to and the consistency of it. Uh, it's not like your typical podcast where you you come on here, you hear the typical questions like, what's your process? What's the you really talk and get in depth with the. The, the person that's uh that you interviewing so I really re- appreciate that about wake up and win love cousin love like I said I- I'm glad to have you here proud of you everything you're accomplishing obviously we're getting ready to get into a lot of that but as you mentioned before you and I we, we cousins we talk um I've been doing this media yeah. thing for about five years you've been doing the rap thing for about 15 20 years and the reality yeah. is we we tend to sort of be geeks when it comes to you know, the media industry, the music industry, sports, things of that sort. We're always talking. We're always strategizing. We're always trying to figure things out. So I want to know in regards to this freestyle, this L.A. Leakers freestyle in particular, speak to us about the preparation that went into this freestyle that has gone absolutely viral, that has the entire industry. You're on everybody's radar right now. Um, Talk about the preparation before we get into some of the contents within the freestyle. Definitely. Um, I mean, I'm somebody, bro, I'm, I'm big on angles. You know that about me. Like, I, I, I always try to find my angle of where I could win with, within things. So um, I had got the call from Dallas on a Sunday. And he was like, yo, I think we're going to go up to the Leakers Thursday. I'm waiting on them to confirm. But I didn't even need to hear the fact that they confirmed. All I needed to hear was, I think we're going to the Leakers on Thursday. Yes, sir. So when I heard that... I went and spent the whole Monday and I just literally watched every single LA Leakers freestyle. Like literally like from King Lowe's to Corday to Freddie Gibbs, Royce the Five Nine, Belly, Game, Roddy. Like I watched everybody's shit and I was just like, damn, what's my angle? And one thing I realized that wasn't, you know, presented yet was somebody that came up there with fun energy and lyricism, right? Right. You get the right. lyricism, right? But you might not get it in a fun way or a right. funny way, you know what I mean? Or a cool way all the time. Or sometimes you might get it too cool, but you don't get the lyricism, you know what I mean? 
So I was trying to find a way how to mesh both. And that's kind of how I approached it. Um, just, just sitting back, listening to the beat. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go up here. I'm gonna be real cool and I'm gonna just have fun. I'm gonna talk to the people and have fun. And that was really like my whole thought process behind it was to go in there, be lyrical and have fun. Is that sort of your process, like you said, you went and you really studied the L.A. Leakers platform in particular. Um, do you use yeah. that same kind of strategy when you go into making records and making music and things of that sort? Um, like I said, obviously, we'll, we'll hear the project this week on December 4th. But do you kind of use that scheme when it comes yeah. to whatever it is that you're deciding to approach within the industry? Definitely, bro. I'm a um, I, I call myself a cool nerd all the time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we geek, I, we geek out about this <laughs> when, it, when it comes to seeking for information. Like, yeah, anything that has information in it, I'm always trying to seek it and figure it out because I feel like the more you know, the more information you have, the more you can use. So I look at music; it's no different from LeBron. Shout out to LeBron. LeBron knows all his uh his tools and his toolkit. So right. he knows I could go left, I could go right, I can I could drive right now, or I could pull up for the three, I could kick it out to the corner, I could get to this spot and I'm comfortable right here. So when you know all your tools, you know where you need them. You know what right. I mean? So right. I hear a certain beat and I will hear, okay, this is more energetic. Let me pull out the energy tool on this one. Let me get the let me let me go in this bag right here. And then I'll dissect that beat and listen to what it's doing for a minute. I'm like, okay. And I try to find my pocket within making my voice feel like it's the part of the beat. Yeah, yeah, Instead yeah, yeah. Instead of like yeah. trying to rap at the beat, I try to find where my voice could just like slide in there and put words within that. For sure, you know? for so sure. Sometimes, sometimes it comes rapidly. Like I got a song on my project called Follow Me and um, All Star Lineup. And that song actually happened, me sitting right here where I'm at right now. And I was smoking a blunt, bro. And yeah. this cat Reefa, my boy Reefa sent me the beat. And I just started playing. Like I was playing, bouncing, and I grabbed my phone. I looked at Instagram and it was a badass bitch that hit me. <laughs> it was a bad one that hit me, buddy, right? In the DM, right? So right. I clicked her and she hit me with the hard eyes. You feel me? I clicked her. And she didn't follow me. So I'm like, ooh, she wanna f me and don't even follow me. Don't even follow me. She wanna f me and don't even follow me. <laughs> so that's how that song came. But sometimes I hear a beat like uh I got a song on here called Reality Is. Yeah. And um sometimes like that song took me like a whole day or maybe even two days to write because I would write the verse and be like, nah, this ain't hard enough. You know what right. I mean? And I would move things around. and So everything is different, but I'm always in dissecting mode looking for a song. Absolutely. Now, before we talk about the LeBron stamp, because you obviously just mentioned LeBron, I want to ask you a quick question just so the listeners can get a feel for how viral, how widespread this particular freestyle went. Answer me this. Yes. Before you released the freestyle, how many Instagram followers did you have? I had um, 48,000 Instagram followers November 16th. November 16th. Today is December 1st when we're recording this podcast. We'll release it later in the week. Today, yes. how many Instagram followers do you have? 
A hundred and twenty-one thousand. Thank you, King James. <laughs> Thank you, LeBron. Thank you, LeBron. So, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Tell me about the LeBron staff. And first off, I want you to talk about when you first realized that LeBron reposted your freestyle because I'll tell you about my backstory, how I actually realized LeBron reposted your freestyle. But I want to hear from you. What was your reaction and how did you even find out that LeBron reposted it? Because I know it was just on the story. I don't know if he tagged you in it, but yeah, it's the LeBron effect. Talk to me about yeah. that moment in particular. So uh, I put the freestyle up, boom. I already knew the freestyle was going to do great on Instagram. I drop a lot of freestyles, but um, right. this was on a bigger platform. So I've always been telling people for years, if I could just get the right platform, right? I've always been dope at music. Um, but if I could just get the right platform, I'm a shine. I've been yeah. saying this shit for years. I'm a shine. And it's crazy how time it happened because I'm glad it happened right now because who I was mentally in that time when I was saying that wouldn't have been ready for what's going on right now. Absolutely. You know, so I'm, I'm glad how time played itself out. But so I put the freestyle up, bro. And it's going, it's just going ham. It's just going ham. Everybody's reposting it and tagging me. And then all of a sudden I put the phone down because sometimes when I look at the phone too much, my eyes get blurry. Right. Right. So I put the phone down and I start playing with my son. So I got a basketball court in the little in my house, and me and my son playing basketball. And my boy Fee called me. So he called me. So I pick up the phone. No, I missed the first call. I'm like, oh, I'll call him right back. He calls again. I'm like, okay, it must, it must be something. Right. I'm like, bro, I'm going to call right back. I'm playing with Aiden. He said, nigga, no, the f*** you not. LeBron <laughs> just posted your shit. I said, what? He yeah. said, LeBron just posted the freestyle, right? Yeah. I said, hold on. I went to, I went to Instagram. I said, oh! <laughs> I, hit the, I hit the KG, buddy. <laughs> I hit the KG. Anything's possible. <laughs> I hit the KG, Cuddy. <laughs> right, 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 I right. I hit the KG, Cuddy. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy because uh, not only is Bron one of my favorite players ever, bro. You know, I got him and Kobe. They like 1A, 1B for me. Right. Uh, but he's also, one of my, he's also one of my favorite people as far Absolutely. as how he's involved in, in the culture, how he's involved in our community. He speaks up on every incident that happens with us in the urban community. Um, the television shows he put together, the schools he's put together, the scholarships he's put together, just the different things he, he does as someone of that caliber who most people get to that level and they don't come back and look out. Or right. they don't stay in tune with the culture, stay in tune with what's going on. So the fact that he's the biggest sports player to me ever, yeah, right. And I say ever, damn near most influential that sure. Jordan Kobe S. went through a social media era. Jordan Kobe didn't go through the social media era like Bron. So he's one of the biggest ever. So for him to be in tune with the kid with forty eight thousand followers that right. most rappers won't even repost. You know, a lot of rappers won't even show love and support like that because it's like they think they're going to give somebody a platform that threatens their position. Absolutely. But I'm coming to help. I'm trying to get some money with you. So for somebody of that stature to do that for me, bro, 
it just shows the type of person he is, bro. And I'm absolutely ever grateful to LeBron, bro. Anybody yeah. say something bad about LeBron, I'ma beat their ass. <laughs> it's crazy because you sent me the freestyle <laughs> a couple of days before it got released, and LeBron released it the night that it was. I mean, LeBron posted it the night that it was released, and so yeah. a couple of days before you sent me the freestyle. Yeah, you sent me the freestyle like via Google Drive. And so we obviously talked about it. We dissected it on the last episode I had Darrell right on. And I was telling him about the engagement conversation you and I were having when it came to the swipes and how we were talking about this text message talk show. We're just figuring out everything we can to see how this thing could go as big as it can. Obviously, LeBron isn't a thought at that time, 48 hours before you released it and you and I are having this conversation. But we know this freestyle is golden. So... We got to make sure this one circulates because and you the person that told me. Go ahead. You the person that told me to to do the swipe because yeah. I was actually just gonna upload it to the, the full thing on IGTV and you got to do the swipe. Do the swipes. Do the swipes. And like I said, a lot of that had to do with me engaging in Darrell Wright's content, and I just was mind blown at how dope his content was in particular, but. You, you fast forward, yeah. Monday night is here, and obviously we're all reposting your shit. Everybody's reposting the freestyle. You're seeing it go viral. And I actually got hit up from my brother, Jason Verrett, starting cornerback for the 49ers. Shout out my boy, Fever. Yeah. Um, and he sent me like- Shout a, out, Jason. Absolutely, Bay Area to the fullest. He sends me the story. So- when I look at it in my inbox, I'm thinking he's just sending me the freestyle that you posted because I didn't see, like, I didn't open the story fully to yeah. be able to see LeBron's commentary and obviously his his name at the top of that particular post. So he sends me the story and I look at it and he's just like, Jason, like, man, this Ross. So I'm starting to respond back to Jason. I'm like, yeah, Cuddy went crazy, whoop de whoop I'm just responding back to Jason to talk about the freestyle. But before I press in, for some reason, yeah. I just opened the story fully, and I saw it was LeBron posting, and I said, no way, bro. <laughs> no, no way. Like, that's <laughs> crazy. So now I'm tripping because I'm thinking he just, you know, showing love, telling me the freestyle is dope. I have no idea that he's sending me the post that LeBron posted, obviously reposting you. So now I'm mind blown. I'm like, yeah, it's game over. It's over. It's out the park. And so to hear you go from 45,000 followers to 120-plus thousand followers – that's absolutely insane, and it really shows yeah. the power of the internet. It shows the power of influence, and obviously LeBron's influence in particular. You want you one click away from a life change, bro. To yep. like everybody out there, um, everybody out there who may be insecure about their content. You know what I mean? Insecure about starting something and trying to get a show role in a podcast, music, movies, whatever it may be. You just gotta start. You know what I mean? You got to start because just starting and doing it, you never know who can see it. And before you know it, I've been rapping, bro, all my, damn near all my life, all my fucking life. But my defining moment came from the biggest sports player ever. Who ever would have thought if someone told me in the beginning of the year, you know, uh, LeBron James is going to post you this year, bro, and your life going to change. Absolutely. It's, it's, it sounds fucking crazy. Yeah, for you know? sure. But it's just... With pure skill, pure talent, pure hope, I'm not out here 
dyeing my hair. I'm not jumping off no bridge to get followers. I'm not showing my dick on camera. Right. I'm not, you know, showing money. I'm not showing guns. I'm standing on pure ability to rap. And for the greatest sports player ever to see that, right? To see right. that and post it, bro. You can't even, you can't even guess that. You can't even imagine it, but the internet can. So it just yeah. shows how we have to just put your dreams out there, bro. Put what you believe in out there. No, that's real because, you know, I even look at this podcast right here in particular. Um, this started off as somewhat of a passion project. Um, and a lot of the reason why I even launched this podcast, it's been three and a half years since I've been doing this podcast. A lot of the reason I launched it was because I was shooting for a radio show. I eventually ended up getting that radio show, but without this podcast and me just jumping in and getting started. And when the opportunity presented itself for me to have a radio show, I'd never done a radio show show before, but you know what? Mm -hmm. I got podcast content that I can send your way as audio. I got podcast content that I can send your way rather than sending you just a demo that I tried to do on the fly to act as if I was Thanks. prepared for this particular moment to get this show. And, and ever since then, Thanks. you know, I look at everything that I've done, you know, from radio to TV to news appearances to writing articles to you name it. A lot of that success is founded off this foundation of having a podcast. The podcast might not be doing the craziest numbers in the world, but the podcast is so consistent. I've been able to have some great guests on this podcast. I started the podcast and I continue to do the podcast that even when moments and time seem down, I can always refer back to this podcast when the next opportunity presents itself and people appreciate it. And Again, yeah. now I'm doing these different appearances. You know, I went from, yeah. you know, a radio host to now a TV broadcaster in the sports scope, obviously doing the work I do at Portland State. So you're absolutely right. You know, we've been doing that's years. A, that's an important thing. That's an important thing to highlight, man, just as far as, um, you know, knowing what to look for in success. A lot of people come into things and they just automatically think, Oh, I'm going to get a million views. I want a million views. And they set these expectations so high that when they start, they feel like they're not achieving their goal because it's happening so slow. Right. But your expectations are so far up here. It's going to take you a while to, to reach getting up here. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. I want a platinum. I want a platinum album and a Grammy one day, but I just got posted by LeBron. I'm just now getting people to see me. Right. right. So I got to, I got to have some realistic expectations as far as, okay, my goal for this year is just to find where my fans are. Just find where they at, what they like to do, what they like to eat. You know what I mean? And then I can cater my music to them rather than trying to make the biggest album in the world and going right. platinum first week and all this shit. I can't control that, but I can control what's right here in my reach with these 120,000 new people that just found me. And let me get to know these people. Absolutely, man. That That's real. That's real. I want to talk about your album. You got an album coming out this Friday. Again, it's called Don't Run yeah. From Rap. Make sure y'all go check it out, stream, download, buy it, purchase these it. These motherfuckers is stressing me out out here, yo. I've been up since eight last night dealing with fucking sample clearances. Hey, Tell talk about that. The star clearance sample. <laughs> 
Talk about that though. You're Let's compromising talk. Compromising our art is artists out here. For sure, but I want to hear about that because a lot of people, we're from the Bay Area. We come from an independent scene. We don't think about sample clearances and things of that sort. And oftentimes, when we do have an artist from the Bay Area that signs to a major label like yourself being signed to Atlantic, you don't really know and understand the ins and outs when it comes to releasing the music, when it comes to putting together the music. Obviously, as you mentioned, getting these clearances. Just talk about the clearance aspect of being signed to a major label in particular, but also what it's been like for you being signed to the to Atlantic Records, which is obviously one of the biggest music labels in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to Atlantic Records, bro. I feel like... Um if I didn't have Atlantic Records, I'd be losing my f- mind trying to put this project out. Uh, so everybody literally does the greatest job, bro, from uh, Ariana to Lon Ray, uh, Dallas, uh, uh, Jamila, both Jamilas, Jamila Wright, um, Angie. Everybody just does they they does their part, bro. They do their part. Excuse me. Yeah. And they make it um they make it fun for me to be able to get music out because you know they they do a lot of the business things behind the scenes and get shit done. Shout out Chase and Donnie. Um but it's sometimes with samples, it's not the label. You know, it's not the label who's holding these things up. It may be the owner of the recording or it may be the writer. So you got to get two sides of the sample clear. There's a master side and there's a publishing side. So if I take, I love it when you call me Big Pop, and put it in a song, right? That's the master recording. So that master recording, you have to get that master recording cleared, and you have to get it also cleared by the person who wrote it, right? right. Versus if you re-say it, or if you replay it, it's an interpolation, so you just have to get it cleared uh, through publishers or how, however that works. I'm still learning that part, right? But it's right. not the big master side of it. So um, what I'm dealing with right now is I basically have a song where the writers are okay with it, but the master side is not. Got you. Right? And at the end of the day, you have to respect these people. You know, it's, it's they, they did what they did as far as their business, took care of their business to be able to have their, own, their, uh, their rights and they own their records, their masters. So I can't blame them for that. But as a new artist trying to get my start and you put your life into it and you put your all into it, because this is a key song for my project. And it's like, it sucks that you can't release it because someone may not be responding at a certain time or, you know, they might not like a certain word or certain thing you said right here. And then it's like, it may be the most important part of the song. You know, right, that, like, right. that you know for a fact your people is going to love, but they might not like it, so they want you to take it out. So now you're in a compromising position where you got to compromise your art. So, um, but the greats always adjust, bro. Um, I, unfortunately, I probably can't use the song, yeah. but I'm in here right now. I'm cooking something up. I got two days. I got an idea. It's called Pray. I think it's just as strong and, uh we're going to see what happens come Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk I want to talk to you a little bit about Dallas Martin. You've mentioned him a couple times already. Um Dallas, senior vice president of A&R at Atlantic Records. Um he's he's yeah. brought some of the biggest 
uh, artists in the game to Atlantic, starting with uh, MMG, uh, Rick Ross, yeah. Wale, Meek Mill, um, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. You know, obviously, yeah. rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. His album Victory Lap, yeah. which was his debut album. Although we've heard several yeah. tapes and, and several verses from Nipsey over the years, his debut his debut album Victory Lap, which ended up being Grammy nominated. Um, Dallas yep. played a huge role in that, you know, and attaching that to Atlantic Records. And then more recently, you know, his biggest artist who just got Grammy nominated last week, Roddy Rich. So Dallas has been on Shout sort of a streak. Shout out to Roddy Rich. So Dallas has kind of been on a good hot streak when it's come to bringing artists to Atlantic Records and helping them, you know, maximize their their potential, their content, and just everything that they're doing as artists. And so it feels like you're kind of the next in line right now where, where things stand. Uh, just talk about your relationship with, with an exec like Dallas and what it's been like working with him to ultimately get to where you are right now, but obviously, you know, continuing the work to get to where you want to be. I think the difference with, with Dallas and um, a lot of other A&Rs, and not to discredit no other A&R because every A&R is good at their job, you know? Um, but I think the difference with Dallas is he's emotionally invested in the artist he signs. Right. You know, so he doesn't just look at them as his artist. He look at them as this is not only someone I'm signing, but this is my homie. Right. You know I mean, I want to see him win. I want to see him make money. So there's haven't been one studio session that Dallas hasn't come to. Wow. There hasn't been one video shoot that Dallas hasn't come to. There hasn't been one time where Dallas has left the studio before me. Wow. Not one, wow. not one time. So I think with Dallas, he's so involved in the process to where, you know, you might be in there, you kind of dead for the day and your creative juices is running low. And he just might come in there. Come on, what we doing? Hey man, uh, Womack, go to the store. Get him some, get him a bottle of Hennessy. Get him some backwoods. <laughs> yeah. Um, the hawk, call some girls for him. I'm going to the back to handle this paperwork. You know what I mean? You know, we got a party going on. He come back in there with a shitload of beats. Something is banging. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, my head gets you doing this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. cooking. So he's really, uh, as far as for me, I can't speak for everybody else. I wasn't uh, around everybody else's situation. But right. as far as for me, he's uh, he's been there like 100%, like 100% the whole time. Um. I can't I can't name one time he hasn't been there and I don't think I could have made this project without him. Absolutely, absolutely. Now obviously we weave sports politics and culture into this podcast like crazy, but you do have a record that I believe cleared and reality is that yeah. you that you shot yeah, a video yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you shot a video too. Um and it's sort of telling the story of Shay Cotton. Um, for a lot of people that yeah. don't know, they called Shea Cotton the man child back in high school. And, you know, he was expected to sort of be like a LeBron James, you know, coming out of high yeah, school and sure. ultimately getting drafted. You know, sometimes we put these outrageous expectations on these young players, but he was that much of a beast that that was sort of the hype that he had around him. 
Um, so you, you, yeah. you have that video coming out this week as well. You were able to have Draymond yeah. Green be a part of this video. Um, I forget the young yeah. girl's name who's like the young high school Juju phenom. Watkins. Juju Watkins, young high school phenom, be a part of this video. Um, just talk about yeah. sort of the inspiration for that particular video, um, that song, obviously, and re- really being able to actually connect with Shea Cotton and these other basketball stars going all the way up to Draymond. Um, how did that all come about, yeah. and, and how did that resonate with you in particular? Um, when I seen when I watched Manchild, the documentary of the Shea Cotton story, it it reminded me of myself a lot because it made me realize how afraid I was to fail, Mm. right? It made me realize how scared I was to not achieve my dream. I still deal with that today. um, Yeah, like it's, it's, it's every day you deal with the what if or, you know, what if I get big and, you know, you see a lot of people get killed today. You, you wonder if just someone's having a bad day and they just might come up and do something to me for no reason and I might not get to live my dream or I might hit the blunt the wrong way, fuck my vocal cords up or something and not be able to rap again. So you deal with that every day. And when I was watching Manchild, it made me uh, just think of the term, like reality is. Like this is really what reality is. Most people go through this situation, whether it's basketball, music, a job, whatever it may be. Most people go through a situation where the future looks so promising and then it's just a fucking hassle to, to get there. So, um, so uh, sorry about that. So um, when I see Manchild, I was like, I want to tell this story. Yeah, You know what I mean? I want to tell this story somehow. And I uh, made this song called Reality Is. And it was about how, you know, most of us might not make it to our goals. We might not make it in music. We might not make it in sports. And when I was writing the song, I was like, man, I got to get Shea Cotton for the video. But I knew a lot of people um, may not know who he is like how I do. I'm from the West Coast. Right. I play basketball. So I looked at a lot of Shea Cotton highlights and shit when I was younger. So I was like, um, how can I get this story heard from generation to generation? So we tapped in with Juju Watkins, which is the number one high school player in the country right now on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, I don't even think, I, I think Juju could go to the NBA. Yeah. She, she's that f***ing good. I think Juju could go to the NBA. She's dope. <laughs> Um, no, no WNBA, the NBA. <laughs> I think she could go. I yeah. think she could go. Um, Facts. <laughs> but um, so uh, with Draymond, Draymond has been somebody that's been rocking with me, bro, this whole year. He's yeah. actually tapped in in the beginning of the pandemic and was like, bro, you dope, man. I, I rock with you. You know, keep doing your thing. And we just kind of built a relationship uh, throughout the pandemic. He would pull up to the studio on me. Uh, I'll play music, you know what I mean, here and there. And um, I never looked at our relationship as an opportunity to ask him for something. Right. Like tickets to a game or, you know, him to meet somebody that loved him. I never looked at it like that. I was just always appreciative for the relationship. Right. But when I was thinking of the concept for the Reality Is video, I was like, damn, it might be dope to have Draymond talk about um, 
Shea Cotton. So I called Draymond. Literally, I got this whole thing on um, video. I called Draymond, and I'm like, yo, you ever heard of Shea Cotton? And he was like, what? I used to watch every Shea Cotton documentary. He was like, nigga, Shea Cotton was different. Like, yeah, I'm like, perfect. You know, I'm like, I need you to say what you just said on camera about him. So I got Juju Watkins, which is the young prospect that's next to go. I got right. Draymond Green, praising a three-time NBA champion, praising the person who dreams didn't come true. But at the same time, they did come true because he inspired these two to be yeah. able to get to where they are today. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a real dope concept um, and, and it makes perfect sense. I want to ask you this though, right? Because you actually put me in the game, Clubhouse. For those of you that don't know what Clubhouse is, Clubhouse yeah. is like this new private social media site. Yeah. Um, it, it's like an audio chat room and essentially it's invite only. So you got to know somebody and they have to yeah. nominate you for you to actually sign up and be an active member on this social media site. Yeah. So it's really interesting because there's all these conversations going on all the time and they're very industry, very mainstream, a lot of celebs, a lot of, you know, as I mentioned, execs, things of that sort. And there was a conversation going on in particular and it was a Bay Area chat room. It, it was different artists and, and big time yeah. folks that have made it in the music have made their way in the music industry from the Bay Area. And yeah. one artist in particular mentioned that the Bay Area for us to continue to like grow and blossom as a scene within the music industry, similar to like what we say about the Atlanta hip hop scene. Um, obviously, you yeah. know, you know, places like Los Angeles, New York, so on and so forth. He said, we need to find more of the young talent. And you yeah. challenged him on that because you said, that's cool to find the young talent, but we have to realize that the young talent is going to grow up. And eventually yeah. the music that they're making when they're young, that's getting them hot, that may be trendy. Yeah. It's not always yeah. going to stick when they yeah. grow and get older and experience life and their fan base isn't even going to be able to relate to the music that they were making five years ago because they've now grown, got older, have dealt with different life experiences. So with your album coming out this week, I want you to kind of speak to the demographic that you want this album to really kind of sink in it and sink in with and hit home with? Is there one yeah. in particular? Or, you know, do you think that it's sort of a wide uh, range and you're going to be able to touch different demographics based on whatever content it is that you have coming out within the music? Yeah, I think um, my demographic is a, uh, a growth demographic. So I would say between the ages of 18 and 36, which is okay. very wide. Right. But um, and I would say the meat and potatoes of that 18 to 36 would be 25 to 34. Okay. Right. So the core of that would be 25 to 34. But the growth within that is the 18 to 36. So I say that because um, at 18, you start facing life. You know, you, you, you're able to go off to college. You, 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 you buy swishers and well you can't do that to 21 i think now but yeah, you can, you know you can start you can start living <laughs> life 
Right, right, right. You know what I mean? You can start doing things. You go to college and you live life and you start realizing a lot of the things you did as a child really ain't fun no more or, or, or really isn't a priority no more because you have different things you value. You have bills now. You got to clean your room, clean your dorm, uh, pay your car note, take care of your body. So you got different things. So the things you may have liked two years ago as far as being in high school, being turned, and mom's paying the bills, and you drunk and ain't got to carry in the world. It don't really hit as hard when you in the dorm room and you're hungry and, yeah. and you ain't talking to moms man. in three months. And you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it hits a little different. So people start searching for a different motivation within that. It may be through music. It may be through reading. It may be through television. Whatever it may be, they look for a source to grow. And with me, I'm always trying to make music for those who want to grow, for people right. who's that 18 year old who's going into college or that 36 year old who's still questioning if they should chase their dream because they're too old. I'm the person that's telling them, do it. Yeah, do it. Try it. Go out there. Make it happen. You know what I mean? So I keep my music. It's not very young. You know, I don't have a lot of the. Uh, you're not going to hear a lot of guns. You're not going to hear a lot of drug talk. You're not going to hear a lot of murder. You're going to hear a lot of honest reality. Um, yeah. And I'm fine with that because I realize the 10-year-olds and 15-year-olds who may not be in tune now, they're going to grow up in four years. And uh, a reality is will be their story in four years. A um, gotta love it will be their story. A get out the trap will be their story in five to 10 years. And that's what I'm here to provide. Man, that's real dope. That's real dope. But let's veer away from music right quick. What in the Jake Paul happened to Nate Robinson in that fight the other day? (laughs) He was looking like Scrappy Boo out there, Daddy. Yo, and I'm not laughing because the knockout was funny or, or whatever. Like, obviously, it was entertainment. You know, sometimes entertainment leads sure. you to laughing, right? And I saw something where you had For Big sure. Baby, who's obviously a good friend of Nate Robinson, is coming out and talking shit about everybody who is laughing at Nate Robinson for going through what he went through, obviously a couple days ago. And he got challenged by stack Jack, you know, former NBA player, host co-host of all the smoke with Mount Barnes. Shout out to them. Um, and absolutely. And stack was like, we can laugh at this. Like, don't take the humor out of life even during a moment when, you know, serious things happen. And, you know, we're not bad people for laughing in this moment, but for me in particular, I really was concerned for Nate. Like, I yeah. I wouldn't. No, I think I think we all were. I think we, we all were concerned for Nate. I think the laughter came once we knew he was okay. Okay, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I think for me, for me, it was more so. I'm not laughing at um, how he got knocked out or what happened. I'm laughing at the overall situation, right? So I'm laughing at we got a basketball player. Versus yeah. YouTube star, yeah. right? And then <laughs> yeah. we got we got both these guys who like train in boxing, right? And they're fighting on a Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. card, right? So then it's funny because like people say, a lot of people wouldn't have got in there. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't have got in there because they don't have boxing experience. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so to see Nate get in there. 
<laughs> with the limited boxing experience, and to see that happen is funny. It's funny. Now, it is funny. You know, and it's, Snoop Dogg commentated, funny, make it made it even funnier. Like I oh, laughed within oh, the first ten God. seconds. He's dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and and I laughed like. In the first 10 seconds of it's the fight, comedy, bro. Nate Robinson bum-rushed him like he wanted to pick him up and slam him, not like he wanted to throw a punch at yes. him. And, and Snoop yes. Dogg said, oh, wait, 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 slow down, nephew. <laughs> when he said that, <laughs> I cracked up. But, but, but really and truthfully, like, it was all funny. I do think the circumstances was funny. It was made to be entertaining. But the reality right. is, like, I wouldn't encourage anybody to follow that blueprint of what Nate Robinson went out there and did because it, it was really dangerous. He really could have lost his life. Like, you're fighting against this YouTuber and Jake Paul, and just because he's a YouTuber, he's been in a professional fight already. He's been training for two, three years in a real way. And, Nate, you clearly have been if, – if you have been training, it's been improperly because the whole world could see right from the start of the fight that – this is right what boxing looks like. <laughs> like. This isn't what it looks like. This isn't what it looks like. I don't care if you got experience, no experience. What Nate Robinson went out there and did was not what boxing looked like. And the result of the fight showed that what Nate Robinson went out there and did was not what boxing looked like because he was knocked out cold. He got put to sleep, literally. Literally put got put to he sleep. He got put to sleep, man. And I, you know, I, I hope Nate's okay. I'm, I'm sure he is. He okay. claims he uh, is, so that's cool. Nobody wants to see. Yeah, nobody wants to see nobody get hurt. But at the same time, uh, if you're going to get in there and be willing to receive the benefits of the win, yeah, you got to take what comes with the L sometimes. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I agree with you. One hundred percent. Because you definitely got to do that. Let's talk about some Grammy nominations. Um, yeah, You know, the Grammys have been real easy to criticize over time because yeah. of, you know, sometimes their lack of being in tune with the actual culture and how and, and sort of what the pulse of the culture is in regards to particular artists, particular albums that we yeah. feel should be nominated for the Grammys, which is like the most prestigious music award. But the Grammy board, whoever is going out there and voting for these nominees to get nominated, um, they obviously don't agree with what the pulse of the culture may be. Um, just speak yeah. to some of the things that you've seen from the Grammy nominations that A, maybe inspired you and, and made you happy and proud to see, or B, made you feel like, ah, the Grammys might have been a little bit out of touch with that one. Yeah, um, I think the thing with the Grammys is what we got to understand as a hip-hop community is what is what exactly is the criteria to win a Grammy? So I think the problem that we're seeing today is uh, we're we're seeing the Grammys kind of they're learning how to um, accept trap as a genre, mm-hmm. right? So for years they it's it's they had to learn how to accept hip hop, you know, and then it was how do you differentiate the hip hop from the melodic rappers? Right. So now they have a category for melodic rappers. And I think um, I don't think they did a bad job. I think that they did what fits their criteria. I think when you listen to someone like a Freddie Gibbs Alfredo album, the Grammy is listening for pure hip hop when they're saying hip hop. 
you right. know, and they may be confused by a little baby my turn because it's so new and it's authentic. It's something that really hasn't been around. Lil Baby is giving us real bars within melody cadences yeah. and trap-driven beats and making these records big national hits. Right. So I think this is something new that um that that the Grammys are starting to understand. You know what I mean? And it takes time for them to maybe, you know, understand how to work that within their categories and everything. But um I also think as a community too, like we gotta we gotta get back to like uh like you know making our, our awards lit. You yeah. know, the BT Awards and, you know, the yeah, Soul Train, Awards all that. the Source Awards and the Hip Hop Awards. Like, we got to make our, our awards lit, too. And maybe that will help us uh, be able to get their attention up there a little bit more to where they, because they say, hey, look what we doing over here. Yeah, they yeah. pay attention and they can notice, you know, what's 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 new and what's coming in. Yeah, give them give them a blueprint. Give them a blueprint. And, and it's blueprint. interesting. It's interesting you say that because I do think the Grammys actually try. Like it's easy to come and shit on the Grammys, like year in and year yeah, out. Yeah, like you can't I did it last year for example. You got Freddie Gibbs in there. Absolutely. Like I do think you know some of the albums. You know, when it came to best rap album, were definitely deserving, and, and they shocked me. And it was like, yo, those albums really were some of the best rap albums of the year. But even I look at stuff like last, like last year. I came on this very podcast and I was critical of the Grammys because I think the best hip hop or rap album went to Igor by Tyler, the creator. And he blatantly came out yeah. and said that Igor wasn't a, wasn't a rap album or a hip hop album. And then I think the best R and R and B album went to Anderson Pack. Now yeah. for me, I think that I, at the time, what my point was, both of those albums, I didn't think necessarily fit the award that they won. I actually thought yeah. that they both could compete in the same genre under like maybe a Neo Soul category. Now, we obviously know yeah. when we speak to Neo Soul as a genre, that's very, very unapologetically black music. But I think yeah. both of those artists, at least when you speak to that, those albums in particular, they kind of fell under what to me felt like neo soul albums. So now, what yeah. adjustment what adjustment does the Grammys make this year? They didn't quite call it neo soul cuz I think it was still a little bit too blackity black, but they came out with a category called I think it was like best progressive R&B. To me progressive R&B is yeah. neo soul. Straight up like if if yeah, you think yeah. back to you know, the earlier days of Neo Soul when you had the Erica Badus, the Lauren Hills, the Jill Scotts, the, you know what I mean? Those types of artists, those were progressive R&B artists back in, in their prime yeah. and in their heyday. They weren't just like these mainstream R&B artists like maybe the Ushers, uh, you know, you know, those kind of artists from back in those days were. And then I think you fast forward to now, like I said, I think Anderson falls under that category. You got groups like the Internet yeah. and see it that fall under that category. The Free Nationals, I, I think they're, they might be in that yeah. category in particular. You yeah. know, that to me yeah. has yeah. more of that neo-soul feel. So I was actually, I, I commended the Grammys a little bit. Like I said, I wish they would have just flat out called it neo-soul just to give us our props rather yeah. than progressive because that sounds like very politically correct, but I do understand that it is still yeah. the Grammys and they're going to be very, politi very politically correct in their approach. But like that free national, free nationals album was definitely one of my favorite albums of this year. 
like by far it was one of and we gotta remember we got undercat as well and they're both we in that category what, for nominees yeah we gotta remember what touches the masses as well just because something may be big within our community doesn't mean it's big around the world right and i think the grammy the grammys bases a lot of things off what's big to the world rather than just right within our community Absolutely. But it, but I do understand the frustrations of our community when we don't get the credit. Oh, you definitely understand, definitely understand the frustrations. Like I'm frustrated to see Lil Baby not nominated because Absolutely. It's like, that was my favorite album this year from an artist. So I would have loved to see just at least him nominated and in that category to, to see him in, in that realm. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd be there next year. Yeah, for sure. One question, and I want to, we, we kind of more so started with the recent, but I want to take it way back for you because um, in high school, you were a basketball star, best player on your high school team at Deer Valley High out there yeah. in Antioch. Um, but obviously at the same time, you were doing yeah. some of this music stuff as well. What was it that made you decide yeah. no more basketball? I'm going all in with the music. I just lost love for it, Cuddy. Um, I think after I graduated, it started feeling like a job to just wake up and work out and constantly go to the gym every day, like, and just work on your jumper and run miles. And it just didn't become fun anymore. Right. And I started making music and that was fun for me. And I'm somebody that always goes with my heart and not my gut and it sometimes lead me down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, but my heart was just telling me, man, this shit is fun. Like I like doing this and I just ran with it. I just continued to have fun with it. It never stopped since I stopped playing basketball. All right. Check this out. Taking it back to the freestyle, the hottest freestyle okay. of the year. Some people calling it yeah. the greatest freestyle of all time. You mentioned yeah. two artists from the West coast. You mentioned Reason yeah. from TDE. Yeah. You mentioned Westside yeah. Boogie. I know, obviously, Reason yeah. signed to TDE. I think Boogie signed to Eminem, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. you said that you, Simba, need to be in the conversation when it comes to the top five new artists in the West Coast when it comes to this rap shit. Yeah. So, obviously, yeah. in your five, three of your five is Reason, Westside Boogie, yeah. And Simba. Yeah. Give me the yeah. other two. Uh, Roddy Rich. Okay. And um, Blast. Mm. Roddy Rich and Blast. I like it. That's a solid list. That's great Roddy company. Roddy Rich and Blast. And my boy, my boy Jason Cash is on the way. He on the way. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Cash is on the way. Roddy Rich and yeah. Blast. So, so your top five. West Coast rappers, new West Coast rappers that you talked yeah. about when you were on the freestyle. Reason? Yeah. West Side Boogie. Yeah. Simba. Yeah. Roddy Rich. Yeah. Blast. Yeah. Okay. I like it. And if I people like it. say, and if people say uh Blast is a singer, because some people would say that. So I'll say Mozzie. Okay. Okay. So and that's good to know to, to clarify because. Roddy also could be considered like a melodic artist. Okay, so, so for were those you speaking who say to, Roddy is black, so so were you speaking? Let's are take you Roddy and Blast out? 
Okay, Let's but but we acknowledge them. It's love, Roddy and Blast. They're the shit. So I get it from an artist perspective. But don't run from rap. That's the album that we got coming out. Reason is yeah. a spitter. Blast is a spitter. Simba is a split. Is a spitter. If if don't yeah. run from rap is the criteria, who are the other two? It's uh, I would say Reason, Boogie, Me, Mozzie. And Rex Life Raj. Rex Life Raj. I like it. I like it. That that's and Raj sometimes can play with the melodies, but Raj can spit though. His content is Raj golden. Gets busy. He gets he busy. Gets busy. <laughs> he gets busy. However, he's coming, busy. he gets busy. The fi- he I gets like busy. it. I like it. I like how you ran that rounded that out. Last question though, Sim. Um Obviously, you know, your life has changed within the last couple of weeks. Um, You're signed to a major label and you're getting ready to drop an album this week. Um, What do you just say to the young aspiring artists? Because you've been through years of this before actually seeing things come to fruition, maybe in the way that you see fit and not in the way that the world see fits. uh, Sees fit, excuse me. Um, Um, What would you say to the young artists that are going through the grind? to get to where you are and still grinding, obviously, to, to make it as big as they possibly can? I would say pay attention to detail. Um, don't be ashamed of your support systems. Don't be afraid to ask for things. And what I mean by that is um, a lot of people be afraid to ask for help or afraid to ask you know, how to, how to do something. You may be in front of somebody who could teach you how to better become a better songwriter. And you don't ask that person because you may feel he thinks you're weak and you're whacking. You know what I mean? Uh, you're not worth asking this question. But if you don't ask questions, you'll never get answers. So um, I think one key thing is to pay attention to detail. Learning how to move as an artist is very key. Some artists come in a room and right away they want to play their music. Right away, they want to tell you who they are. But it's better to let people get to know you first. I hung out with Snoop Dogg and never told him I was a rapper. I just pulled up to his car shows with Jason Cash and my boy Fuzzy that he has every weekend. I never told him I was a rapper. Yeah. And then randomly one day, he's followed somebody and he see me on that person's page rapping. And he posted me on his page because he never knew I was a rapper, but he knew me. Yeah. You know, he knew of me and remembered seeing me. So sometimes you just got to know how to move um, and and always just just keep going. Like, I know that shit sounds so cliche when people say keep going, but it's really so true because you just got to keep doing shit till something happens. I was putting out so many videos, bro, over these past couple months and getting small amount of views, you know, 500 views here, 600 views. I put up Instagram posts, 300 likes. And before you know it, bro, bam, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going up, it's moving, it's, shit is, 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 is working. So just keep going, staying in it um, and believing you and just never give up, bro. Never Absolutely. Man, that's real. That's so dope and so great to hear. Uh, Simba, give us some promo. Where to find you on the socials, uh, promote the album, all yes. that. Give us what we need to you know to make sure that we let the socials. You can find me on all socials at The Real Simba. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-S-Y-M-B-A. Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook, everything, YouTube, Simba Online. Uh, check out my new single, Big Homie, with my big homie, 2 Chains. Check the album out, Don't Run From Rap. We got my boy Ja'Kai on there, my boy Ty Dolla Stein on there. Uh, Giannis is on there, the beautiful Giannis is on there. Uh, my boy Jason Cash, Major Maja, Moneybag Yo, OT Genesis, Justin LaBoy, Too Short. It's going Woo! down, man. Don't Woo! run from rap. <laughs> Woo! Don't down. run from rap, baby. It's we here. Down. We here. We down. here. Well, Sam, I'm going to let you get back to getting those records cleared so that we can get everything you just told us about. They, uh, they blew me up. They <laughs> me up right I see. Now. I see, Cuddy. Appreciate you for taking the time and joining your cousin. Uh, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, you know, it's more to come and we'll definitely follow up, you know, on your continued success, man. And, you know, we're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Mm -hmm.